Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 34 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, I'm going to try to convince you to have a bash at microscopy. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Welcome once again to my weekly podcast, and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers, and in return, you gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help you out with suggestions and recommendations for you. As usual, I'll leave any relevant links for this week's podcast in the show notes. I sat pondering what this week's podcast might include and happened to glance across the desk at two microscopes that sit beneath their dust covers and thought it would be a timely point of the year to chat about microscopy for beekeepers. It's something I got into a while back and was hooked pretty much on my first day. Before you skip to the next episode or even worse switch to another podcast entirely, bear with me and I'll try to explain why it's an essential tool for all beekeepers that it can be started with the minimum of outlay, and as with most hobbies, it's very straightforward to get into, but will take a lifetime to master. Dare I say it, but with the season of gift-giving on the far horizon and the need for lists of ideas to be offered up, now might be a good time to create a list of microscopy equipment that would be ideal for wrapping and setting beneath a certain tree in December. I'll give you some ideas later and also create a list which I'll post on my website to give you a heads up on what you might like to suggest. So why would a beekeeper want to get involved in microscopy? What's the point? Well, to start with, there's the long winter period for us to have to sit out thinking only about when we can get back into our beehives. Microscopy is an ideal distraction that not only helps pass the time, but also gives a fascinating insight into the world of our bees. Microscopy can help the beekeeper better understand their bees, check for disease, identify where their bees have been foraging, and identify what plants your honey may have been derived from. One of the easiest techniques to learn and most interesting areas of microscopy for me is pollen identification. Or if you want to be really flash around your beekeeping chums, melissopalynology, the study of pollen in honey. Of course, you don't have to start off with honey to get the pollen for making up slides. Take a look under the stand of your beehive and you'll see pollen loads dropped by honeybees all over the place. It always saddens me to think, after all the hard work an individual bee puts into flying out and gathering in large loads of pollen, that in the process of getting back into the hive and trying to pass the pollen load on, it somehow falls and ends up going through the open mesh floor and onto the ground beneath the hive. And it's no better with solid floors. I find pollen loads on those too. I can just imagine the worker getting back with a huge load of pollen, 
gathering a group of her fellow workers around her, saying she has the biggest and best pollen load you could imagine, and reaching down just to find that it's missing. Anyway, her loss could be your gain, and I spent a few moments picking up some pollen that I assume is ivy just a few days ago. So that's something that I can check out under the microscope later next month when it gets a little bit cooler. Pollen is one of the most incredibly beautiful structures I think I've ever seen, and some of the individual grains are extraordinary. The simple dandelion, or Taraxacum officinale in Latin, has a wonderful structure, and yet it's so simple to gather and mount onto a slide. Personally, I collect pollen at different times of the year to save for playing around with in the dark nights of winter. It becomes something of a puzzle-solving exercise, which I quite enjoy. As you learn the basics and develop new skills in slide-making, you can build up quite a large collection of slides over time, and as you get better, so you can replace the earlier attempts with new and improved versions. And before you start thinking it's going to cost a fortune, getting started in microscopy doesn't have to be expensive. Starting off with a basic hobbyist microscope setup, purchased either second-hand or through a reputable supplier, can easily cost less than buying a new beehive with bees. Personally, I use Brunel microscopes for all of my beekeeping equipment. They understand beekeepers and have a wide range of kit to suit all levels of experience and budgets. Oh, and in case you're wondering, they're not sponsoring this particular podcast. I just happen to think that they're very good at what they do. Other than pollen identification, there are other aspects of microscopy that can really help beekeepers. The identification of disease is something that you can tackle, particularly the likes of Nosema, and if you do find an infection, you can decide on the level and whether you need to take any action. A slightly more complex task is dissecting a honeybee in search of the acarin mite. A steady hand always helps, but with practice it can be performed quite quickly. Again, finding this mite gives you knowledge about the health of your bees and allows you to plan your next move. If you've never seen a varroa mite under the microscope, then it's something of an eye-opener and reveals in part why our honeybees find these little beasts so difficult to shake off. And those mouth parts are pretty horrific too. I have produced a video showing an acarin dissection and also videos showing how to make up some pollen slides. They're all on YouTube at the moment, so check those out. I'm currently working on an online microscopy course, taking you through the very basics and how to produce some stunning finished slides. So if you're keen to get started, look out for that later this winter. Another area that can really help with your beekeeping is honeybee dissection. This might not seem obvious at first, but if you're patient and work carefully, you can see exactly how a honeybee works firsthand, and increasing your knowledge of the honeybee's biology is only going to improve your overall understanding of the honeybee and how it works. Once you've developed a few basic skills, you're then in a position to be able to get stuck into Melissa Palynology. The study of pollen in honey. It's simpler than it sounds, and you'll be able to impress family and friends with your proclamation that your honey contains this pollen or that pollen. An added advantage for anyone selling their honey is that it really is a unique selling point, being able to tell your customers what pollens are contained in their honey. In terms of the equipment you need, well, it's a little bit like most hobbies. Starting off with a simple microscope and a few accessories can build into many toolboxes full of 
essential equipment, much of which will obviously stay in the box and never see the light of day. But you never know when you might need that thingamabob that you bought at the trade show four or five years ago. I've got several. I won't list everything here, but do take a look at my website for more details in the coming weeks. I'll put together some kind of starter kit of essentials, or if you're really keen, you could contact Brunel Microscopes directly for some ideas of what to purchase. If you're wondering, I've only got four microscopes currently. I keep two beside my desk at all times. One of those is a low-powered or dissecting microscope. This one magnifies sufficiently to allow dissections, hence the name. But it also allows you to view pollen grains as tiny specks in a shallow dish or a watch glass. And it's also useful for being able to take a closer look at bee parts or varroa mites, that kind of thing. The other microscope is called a high-powered or compound microscope, an altogether more traditional image of what a microscope looks like. This one can magnify up to a thousand times, but for most of the work that I do, a magnification of 400 times is more than adequate. And these two form the core of my microscopy equipment. From here, you can add bits and pieces as you need them, maybe some tools to handle the manipulation of small objects such as flowers or honeybees. You can buy kits of tweezers and prodders and pullers. I'm sure they have technical names, but those escape me for now. You'll also need things like microscope slides and cover glasses, watch glasses and stains, ringing tables, cover slips, paints and brushes. Oh, and don't forget bottles, small ones, storage bottles, sample bottles, wash bottles. The list goes on, but it's always affordable stuff and you can add to it as you go along. Don't forget things like stains and powders, glues and mounting stands, pins and pipettes. For me, microscopy is the thing that keeps me searching through the winter, always looking at my bees, even when I can't actually look at my bees. Pollen, pests and diseases look all the more fascinating through the microscope. Maybe I can encourage you to join me. Look out for my microscopy videos and don't forget the online microscopy course coming this winter. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast and we'll catch up again next week. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.